0: Welcome back to episode 96 of Teachers in Transition, the podcast and the YouTube channel. My name is Kitty boyt I am the owner and founder of Teachers in Transition and boyt Coaching. Uh, if you've listened to me in the past, you know that I alternate topics each week. One week I talk about career transition strategies, and the following week I talk about stress management. Uh, Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about both, but this week, the topic is dedicated to stress management, so let's start with that. Uh, Again, if you've listened to me in the past, you know that I've written an e-book on stress management. I offer a cheat sheet on stress management. You can find both at my website at teachersintransition.com. They're free. You can download the ebook for free, as well as the cheat sheet uh, for stress management strategies uh, for free. And today, what I want to cover is one specific tip, technique, strategy, whatever you want to call it, that I've talked about extensively and I've written about in both the book and the cheat sheet. And that is improving the quality of your sleep. When we are stressed, we tend not to sleep as well as we would when we are not stressed. And I think it's fair to say that most of us have been overstressed this past year. Between the pandemic and Everything else that's going on in the world, we are overloaded with information, with um, input that sometimes is confusing and causes us to question ourselves and our belief systems. There are all sorts of things that are going on in the universe right now, and the collective impact of all of those various things, not to mention the pandemic, is stress. And we each have an individual response to the stress. But it's fair to say that as far as our normal human response to stress, one of the things we probably all share in common to some degree is that when we are stressed, we simply don't sleep as well. And I have talked in the past, I'm a a certified sleep science coach. So I've talked in the past about the importance of sleep and developing a routine, a ritual around bedtime and making an agreement with the family as to when that bedtime will be and having everyone pretty much go to bed at the same time so that everybody in the family can get the sleep they need. It improves productivity and creativity when you have had a chance to get the sleep that you need and to be refreshed in the morning for a whole new day, filled with more stress, more responsibilities, more things that cause us to fret and worry and keep us awake at night. Today, I want to offer just a few tips. These are coming straight from an article written. Um, I'll offer it. The the website is set 2 go.org. And the title of the article is improving your quality of sleep. I'll share the link. In the show notes. But what they, they talk about is the same thing that I've talked about, which is that the quantity of sleep that you get is as important as the quality of sleep. In fact, the quality of sleep that you get is perhaps more important than the quantity. You can sleep for 10 hours, but if it's a fretful sleep, if you keep Waking up because of worries that you have or events that are occurring in your life, and it's keeping you from going into the deep sleep that you need in order to clear out all of those toxic proteins that build up in your brain overnight, then the quality of your sleep suffers, and you will wake up, even if you've slept eight, nine, ten hours, you'll still wake up feeling tired and grumpy and irritable and you won't feel well and you won't be as productive or as creative as you'd like to be so one of their one of their tips is to sleep in a cool dark and quiet room Your bedroom should be a degree or two cooler than the rest of the house. It would be preferable if you have one of those automatic thermostats that you can set to go back up an hour before you get up in the morning, but it goes down overnight while everybody's asleep. Being cooler, sleeping in a cooler room improves the quality of your sleep. So a cool, dark room. Now, when when I say dark, it's important that you not have uh, ambient light coming off of your computer. Or even, you know, (laughs) almost all of us have some kind of electronic device, even if it's just a, a clock. That if you keep it too close to your line of vision, you can look at it overnight and it it's a light so it it triggers something in your brain about you know it's there's light and it keeps you from sleeping as deeply as you might otherwise like to. I wear one of those uh, masks, sleep masks to block out the light that is on my clock and on the I have a, a shouldn't have, but I do have a television in my bedroom and so i block out the light that's the red light that's always on even if the television is off i also have a little fireplace an electric fireplace in my live in my bedroom and there are lights that stay on all the time so in order to block out those lights i wear a sleep mask so you might want to consider that And you want to be sure that there's no sound unless you are using some sort of white noise machine that can help you to relax and go to sleep. But the first and foremost thing you want to think about is the atmosphere of the bedroom that you're sleeping in. You want your sheets to be cool and clean. And that will also help you to sleep better. You want to avoid using any kind of electronics for half hour to an hour before you're planning to go to bed. That means for those of you who like to game, no gaming, no tweeting, no watching of a movie or TV program that might be overstimulating. For one thing, the, the lights behind the computer device or the television trick your brain into thinking it's daytime and delays the ability for your brain to relax and get itself into the mode for sleeping so you you need to stop the stimulation and turn off the lighting and and read a book read a book read a magazine read a Report from work, do something that doesn't involve a backlight. So even reading from your tablet, your your Kindle, those kinds of devices are counterproductive at bedtime. So read a book, a good old fashioned book, and that'll help you to sleep better. Needless to say, it will also help the quality of your sleep if you're eating well and you're exercising but it's important that you not eat too close to bedtime because lying down and digesting your food is not the best way to have your food digested. We have gravity for a reason. So you need to eat early enough in the day or in in the evening for your dinner meal that you have digested most of your food before you've gone to bed. You want to avoid rigorous exercise too close to bedtime. So do your exercise. It's important that you exercise, and exercise will help you to sleep better. But it's important that you exercise earlier in the day, not right at bedtime. It should go without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Avoid caffeine. Avoid nicotine. And avoid alcohol, especially um, in the evening. Uh, For myself personally, I can't drink coffee past one o'clock in the afternoon or else it will have an impact on my sleep in the evening. I can't drink iced tea later than noon. There's something in the tea that keeps me awake. And while I know that alcohol you know, a glass of wine with dinner might make you feel sleepy, original, you know and in, initially it will wake you up in the middle of the night and then you'll have trouble getting back to sleep because all of those, including nicotine, if you're if you're a smoker or a vapor, um, that will interfere with the quality of your sleep as well. Finally, develop um, a routine. And it doesn't have to be the same routine that works for everybody else, except you do need to sort of create a routine that works for the people in your family. If it's more than just you create a routine. So that at least 30 minutes before you're planning to put your head on the pillow, you start to engage in activities that will signal to the brain that it's almost time for, for sleep. So in in my case, uh, before before I'm ready to go to bed, I turn the television off downstairs, and I come upstairs, and I start engaging in my nighttime ritual: you know, removing my makeup, washing my face, taking whatever medications I need to be taking, um, getting into my sleep attire, just. Those kinds of activities will trigger to your brain, hey, getting ready for bed now, so start to relax. If you need, if you feel like you need some sort of supplement to help you sleep, it's best to avoid prescriptions. I mean, there are side effects to those that can be hazardous to your health, so be sure you speak to your physician before you engage in any kind of um, over-the-counter additive supplement that might help you to go to sleep. Be mindful that for people who have a tendency toward glaucoma, any kind of over-the-counter sleep aid, including things like Tylenol PM or Anvil PM, can raise the pressure in your eye. So you want to be mindful of that. If you need to boost your melatonin a little bit, which is one of the natural hormones in your system that helps you to relax and sleep more peacefully, you can purchase that in the vitamin section of uh, the drugstore, but be sure you speak to your physician about it before you take additional melatonin, because you want to make sure that it's not counter to any other prescription that you may be taking. The main message for today is that you need to make an effort and create a routine that works for you to help you to get not only the quantity of sleep that you need, which may range anywhere from five and a half to 10 hours. For most people, for most adults, it's six and a half to eight hours of sleep that you need. Children need more sleep, depending on their age, and teenagers tend to need more sleep because they're growing so fast. So be mindful of that. Pay attention to the needs of your teens in the house, as well as your toddlers and your preschoolers and your middle schoolers. All of us need quality and the proper quantity of sleep in order to function properly and to feel fully engaged in our day so that we're not cranky and irritable and easily triggered so that we create drama and arguments with coworkers and family members. And... One thing you might want to try to do if you're feeling particularly cranky is to tune into what is it that's really got you triggered? What's going on? Who, who said what that pushed the wrong button? Be self-aware about how things are affecting you. And if you need to speak with someone, a therapist, a professional of some sort, Do that for your own good health. You would see a doctor if something hurt. If you're suffering from overstress and feeling overwhelmed, you need someone to talk to about it. So find a reputable therapist, physician, someone who can help you to get through this period. What I know for sure is that this too shall pass. We will make it through this. We're just, we've got a little while longer to go and we're going to have to do the best we can and take care of ourselves so that when we can get back to some semblance of normal, we'll be ready and and ready to take full advantage of the opportunities that are there for us. Now, I said I was going to speak a little bit about job search, and that is because this is a week that I am promoting my Jump Start Your Job Search for 2021 program. I have now completed the webinar masterclass presentations that I had scheduled, and this is the final week that I'm promoting. The cart closes on the program Sunday night at midnight, Sunday the 31st of January and I'm starting a brand new cohort of individuals who have signed up to be part of the Jumpstart Your Job Search for 2021 Group 15. This will be the 15th group that I have coached through the Jumpstart program. I started group coaching back in March of 2017. People who are engaged in the program have full access to the 15 modules in the Jumpstart Your Job Search online course. They have full access to email support from me for as long as they need it. They have invitations to bi-monthly group coaching calls as long as they want them or need them. And even there's an option for upgrading to have unlimited one-on-one consultations as you work your way through the job search process. So the reason I'm mentioning this is that if you have thought about changing your job or career in 2021, if you want this to be your last year of teaching, frankly, it may already be too late for this year to be your last year of teaching. Uh, I don't know how quickly or slowly the economy is going to come back it may be that you'll need to be satisfied for one more year of teaching after this year. But if you have had the thought more often than once this year, that this is too much and you just don't see yourself doing this work for, I'm talking about teaching now. You don't see yourself teaching for another five, 10 or 15 years. Now is the time for you to start putting yourself in the position to look for something new in 2021 and beyond. It takes time to learn the job search process. It takes time to learn how to use the job search tools that you need. And when I say tools, I'm talking about a lot more than just a resume and a cover letter. Lots of people think that if they want to change their job, all they need is a new Resume and a new cover letter, that's not it. You need way more than that. And you need to understand how to tweak that resume and the cover letter for every job you apply for. You need to learn about the applicant tracking system. There are so many things that you need to learn before you start your job search. And you can do it on a trial and error basis. And eventually, you might hit on the right combination and find a a great job. But I can guarantee it'll take you longer to try to figure it out for yourself than it would be for you to get the help that you need so that you can shorten your search and save yourself a lot of time and money. So if you think you're interested, I'll include the link to the sales page at the bottom of the page. If you haven't, talked with me and you'd like to have a conversation around whether this is a program that would would be good for you, would be a good fit for you, you can set up an appointment for a discovery session. I'll include the link to my calendar in the notes as well and we can talk. I can learn about your specific situation and we can determine if if what I have to offer is really what you need. So that's it for this week. Please stay well, stay safe. Continue to wear your mask uh, if you can. Get vaccinated, uh, and if you if you have to, I, I, I turned in my interest form last week. I have no idea how long it'll take me to get actually vaccinated, but um, if you can, if you can, go ahead and get it. And let's start moving toward a, a new twenty twenty one. Have a wonderful week. So there you have it, an episode of Teachers in Transition. I hope you enjoyed the information and I hope you'll plan to come back. Please subscribe to Teachers in Transition so that you can be alerted of future episodes. And let me know if you have any questions or topics that you would like me to specifically cover in a future episode. I'm more than happy to help with individual questions as well, so email me at kittyboytnot at boytnotcoaching.com. If you are interested in finding a new career or just enjoying your life more, this is the place to start. I'm Kitty Boytnot, and this is Teachers in Transition.